Welcome everyone to the Miss Art World podcast. Thank you as always for listening. I have um, a really exciting co-host that is going to be joining us from now on, Samuel Cooksey with the Samuel Cooksey Projects. Welcome, Samuel. Hi. <laughs> He's uh, co-hosted before, but a long time ago. Um, and then our special guest today is David Jester. Welcome. Thank you. Um, so if you're listening, stop whatever you're doing and look up David's work. What's the best do you think Instagram is the best? Uh, Instagram, yeah, because I, I dump Facebook because it's all politics. But uh, it's uh, D underscore jester underscore art on Instagram. Perfect. Yeah, look up his work because I think it's really important to see your work in person before we start talking about it. Yeah, no, it is. And the Instagram's nice because you can really go through, they're like good photos of your work on Instagram. So you can really kind of go through and see which ones uh, you know, stand out. The one that stands out that I really like, uh, especially with the colors is uh, the guy is sitting in like the inner tube and he's like half okay. in the water and half out. I just, there's something about that one that's really interesting and just like the colors kind of pop. And then it, because he's in the water a little bit and out, how he kind of made it, I don't know. It was really interesting to, to, to see that that one that's my favorite oh, so far when i was looking yeah well so the the pool is like a it's like its own world right it's a separate world it's actually sort of a metaphor for the gay community and and it's this person who's sort of entering he's curious about what's going on so. can you explain your work um for people that are just listening and maybe can't stop what they're doing and look up your work yeah so um I, uh, uh, when I was getting my, I got my master's of Rutgers years ago in sculpture. Oh, in sculpture? Yeah, sculpture. Oh, interesting. I used to do uh, installations, rooms. And, and oh. what I loved about the sculpture department is that it, it was more inclusive. You could, you could paint and you could be a printmaker and you could do all these different elements and put them together. And so that's why I went the sculpture route. Uh, but anyways, I did pools back then. Uh, and uh, that was really before uh, a lot of the gay rights, LGBT rights. Uh, and so I would do these rooms where the, the floor was a pool and there were murals all around of guys coming out of a pool. And the idea was that we're all in the same pool, pool humanity. So when I started this series, I wanted to uh, begin with the pool again, but the pool is more the opposite, it's more uh, a world that exists next to the outside world, right? And uh, what I loved about the uh, pool uh, was not only the sort of metaphors of fluids, body fluids, purity, the desire for purity, and shared experiences within the pool, was also this idea of if it was the gay community and outside was a straight community, is when you're inside the pool looking out or you're outside looking in, you have a very distorted view of the person on the other side. And so I liked how they played with that. And I think that the series initially started, and actually initially started as sort of a criticism of what I was seeing online in terms of like how people were uh, interacting on social apps, you know, the sort of uh, uh, no fats, no femmes, no... Asians know this, know that, are you clean, all that kind of odd statements. And at that time, when I started, I thought it was ironic that we 
fought for rights uh, for so many years only to sort of discriminate against each other. But uh, with, with the current political era that's come in, the series kind of evolved. And uh, I, I liked uh, uh, read the, some of the, the sort of queer theory that I've been reading or had been reading was talking about how uh, uh, the act of visibility is an act of activism. Uh, and so then uh, I think that that sort of steered the series more in that direction. Was that clear? Yeah, no, that's, I, to, for me, uh, the way you explain it is really good just because it is the pool. And uh, even like, as I said, like my favorite one, you said it was because he's only dipping, he's only kind of in, he's not fully, right. Uh, he's just kind of ex- experimenting or um, trying Think out. Yeah. What? He's thinking about it. Yeah, thinking about it. And that's, it's really interesting because I didn't even pick that up. I didn't know there was uh, such a deep meaning to the art. Yeah, so I think it's, I think it, the, the great thing about art uh, for me is that uh, because of my background, background, the sort of uh, um, the scholastic background, that's not the word I'm thinking of, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, there can be a huge thesis to a body of work, to a series, right? Mm-hmm. But in the end, it's what the person brings to the, you know, to the experience of interacting with the piece. So it's there if you want it, or if you if you if you go down that road, or you can just like it for what it is, you know. Yeah. That's why I always like art because there's a meaning that means to the uh, artist it's, itself, and then there's a meaning to just the people that every individual that sees it. Yeah, kind of, you know, it speaks differently. Yeah, I started. Uh, there's another Instagram account that's uh, D underscore gesture underscore collaborations, where I've invited poets to write about the paintings because I I want to do a book of poems poetry. But the, kind of the thing that I loved about the idea of the collaborations account was that how even even taking it farther, how one piece of uh, creativity can spark another piece of creativity, right? And they can carry on and carry on. I, I think as an artist too, it's got to be very helpful to read poetry about your work. Yeah. Because I've always, um, when I'm speaking with people or if people write about my work, it I gain a different perspective of my own work that maybe I hadn't even thought about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so your work is large scale. It's on oh, wood, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is the scale important to you? It is. And so during quarantine, um, I cannot get the place I was getting my huge panels from uh, is closed still. So I've been stuck doing these smaller panels. Uh, and in fact, I was going to end the series just as COVID was starting. Uh, but it's uh, it's kind of nice because it, it it kind of continues. Like I, I feel like each painting is a chapter in a story, so it like adds more chapters, right? Uh, it gives me stuff to edit when I do the book. Uh, but I, the next series is all going to be big once things open up. It's all like uh, five by five foot panels. Mm-hmm. Is it still uh, with the pool setting? Mm-mm. No, not at all. 
Yeah, That's going to be so different for you. I know. It's going to be fun. So, you know, there's the whole thing where it's like, it's, it's kind of scary because it's like you, well, there's so many weird things with being an artist anyways, right? But I mean, one of the things that's scary is like, uh, is you're afraid to, uh, like, I, like I, I don't necessarily experience, but sometimes with people, it's like you're afraid to do another painting because you you don't want it to be worse than the painting you just did kind of thing. <laughs> And then there's the other thing where it's like the, the paintings, when they're popular, it's like, oh my God, like, do I really want to like end these? Because this is how I live and eat and mm -hmm. all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of people like. How many do you have in that series? 75. 75, wow. Yeah. That's so many. You really can make yeah. a book. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a lot. <laughs> but I, I paint 12 hours a day, every day, every day of the week, and I take off maybe. 15 days a year, something like that. What do you do for fun besides painting? Nothing. <laughs> painting is his fun. <laughs> it is fun. Yeah, no, it's, it's a thing, right? But, so then, uh, did you get, uh, are they all different models? Or yeah. You, okay. Yeah, it's, uh, well, they're not all different models. Like, generally, when I do uh, work with models, I'll get like three or four paintings out of a session. Mm -hmm. But uh, fortunately, last year, uh, I got tired of doing the piecemeal sessions with models, and I, I had come out here to Palm Springs, and I did 14 models over four days, uh, uh, like eight hours a day, mm -hmm. and I have material to take me for another year. Oh, and, nice. Yeah. So do you get underwater with them with a can? like, do you have a special camera they use? I have a really crappy camera, underwater camera. Uh, but I taught life drawing at uh, Monmouth University, and I taught drawing at Rutgers after I graduated. So, I mean, I have uh, the heavy lifting is in the sort of actual painting process. I just need sort of reference stuff for light play and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So um, the, the paintings start out with an idea of how they'll fit into the narrative, and then I book the models, and then I do the uh, underwater shoot with the models. Then sometimes I do drawings after that while I have the models. But then I always do drawings after, like before I start the painting. And then that goes from drawing to painting. So it's a really long process. Mm -hmm. um, um, and then the water's... Oh, go, Katie. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, and the water seems very warm because no one seems very uh, shriveled. Well... <laughs> Well, actually, I do take license <laughs> in those moments when it's necessary. Uh, well, then you can definitely paint me. Just make it big. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> <laughs> then I can give it to my mom. So she <laughs> She'll love it. <laughs> That's a weird conversation. <laughs> you know, our parents love art, so that would definitely be up <laughs> in their living room somewhere. <laughs> Well, that's, it's, um, who are the collectors that are buying your work? Because it is a statement piece. Like you yeah. buy this huge canvas and it, um, it's not a quiet piece. So are, do you find that your collectors are, um, like within a, a certain group? Are they art collectors or? Yeah, it's very mixed. I think in the beginning, you know, it was such a weird thing to start to even have this idea and start the series because first of all, it's really weird when an old guy comes up to you and says, I really want to paint you. 
and then says, I want to paint you naked in a pool kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, uh, in the beginning, I think that the, the people who were buying the pieces were local people, local people who knew the models or uh, just older gay guys that wanted stuff that were that knew other people who talked about the paintings. Uh, and then it expanded to a more of an international audience. I have a gallery that carries my stuff that's out of the Netherlands. Oh, wow. So I'm usually in the Amsterdam art fairs and things like that. Cool. Uh, and so then, and then because of Instagram, because of the popularity on Instagram, or the increased audience on Instagram, then I started getting people from, uh, I just sold a painting to Malta, Belgium, it's kind of all over the place, as well as the US. So it kind of, it kind of like, it kept growing and growing. But it's you get to like, fly out to Amsterdam a lot? No, I don't. <laughs> the paintings, I always say the paintings have a much better life than I do. <laughs> you know, they go off and have these great experiences and I'm uh, stuck here painting. <laughs> How big is your workspace? Since they are giant pieces, do you have a whole room just to dedicate? Yeah, a whole room. It's the, the room off to this side. Okay. Yeah. So I have a one bedroom and I made the bedroom the studio and then my bed is in the living room. Uh, tucked away and then I use the living room as sort of a gallery so when people want to come look at paintings they can come see them. Wow. How many do you still have uh, in your house right now? I think I have uh, about 30. Okay. 25. Do you rotate them behind you? Uh, so the one, these are the ones so it's like a process it's like a little factory in there there are the, I usually have three or three to five going at one time and they're rotating because it's oils. So I let mm -hmm. them start between layers. <clears throat> and then when they're done, they rotate out here for a while, uh, for probably about a month and a half. And then as the work in there gets done, it rotates out here. And then okay. and it goes to like a storage thing. So. Yeah, because you have a ton of, uh, you have what 70 you said or over 70 so yeah uh, it's got to have a lot of room to be able to store them all yeah well i mean so there's you know over half of them are out in people's homes which is good mm -hmm. uh, but uh i had a gallery that went out of business uh due to covid so i ended up with a lot of their the inventory that they had mm -hmm. uh, suddenly appeared so yeah covid has changed so much <laughs> as of right now, just the way we do things. It's crazy, yeah. I mean, I, I do feel like, I feel like the social media is the way of the future. Like I just listened to your podcast about the future, but I do feel like, I, I feel like the little brick and mortar galleries are, are gonna be less important than the online presence mm -hmm. forward. Yeah, and I think, uh... I, cause I work with so many artists and the artists that I work with are, are usually older and they have a hard time getting on the social media bandwagon, partly cause they think someone's going to steal their artwork. And so they yeah. don't want to post it. And, and so my job a lot of times is trying to convince them that social media is not the devil and you're not going to lose the rights to your artwork if you post it but you have to get it out there if you want people to see it because it's just that's the way that yeah. the art 
world's going. You know, I mean, I have had, I have seen a couple people take the images, uh, but usually it's like screen captures and it looks awful. Kind mm-hmm. of. But um, I feel like that doesn't even bother me because whatever it is, it's all about building brand. So if, if they're, it's all about exposure. So even if someone's stealing a crappy version of it and doing something with it, it doesn't matter because it still builds brand. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, because your work is, I, you know, technically some people would consider it controversial. Do you have people that um, maybe in person or on social media come yeah. at it negatively? Oh, um, yeah. The answer is yes. Yes. So and then first how of all, you respond? The, the, the first thing that happened to me is I was in a show at, uh, what's that place called? It's in LA. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, I'm really drawing a blank, but it's, it's in the art district in LA. I don't know why I can't remember the name, but it was like two years ago. And uh, uh, and I, I guess I just sort of put it out of my mind because their reaction to everything was just really poor and I just didn't want to have anything to do with them again. But um, uh, they, on weekends, they rented out part of their space to a church, Korean church. Mm-hmm. And this little Korean church brought trash bags in and put them over my paintings. Oh, no. The gallery was separate from the space they were renting. They went into the gallery section and put trash bags over my paintings. And then they started spreading the news to all their members, and they started coming at me and attacking me on Instagram. So I just... I'm very careful uh, when someone follows me, I really look at who's following me because I don't want to go through that experience again. But that being said, then about three months ago, uh, my Instagram account name was SureJess1121 for years. But someone shared that with a crazy religious organization somewhere. I don't even know where. Because uh, in the metrics, I could see that it was shared, but I couldn't see where it was shared. Uh, and every 15 minutes at least for two days solid i was getting hate mail hate texts nasty comments and that's why i changed the account name so yeah you do get that sometimes but it's just part of the thing well and i i'm mentoring um a woman who is kind of going through the same thing and from my perspective i think if you're not making artwork that isn't controversial that isn't inspiring emotion either negative or positive then you're not making art that is matters yeah exactly so for me it's a good thing but and art that's not gonna last like you can be like oh that's a pretty picture but that you're not gonna think about it later on or have a conversation about it because there's nothing to talk about yeah i totally agree which is why like when you talked about the representation of the pool and how it's kind of distorted, I thought that was really interesting because I can literally go like, look at this and this is kind of what it means. And yeah, I love it. Harder than everyone. <laughs> there are other metaphors that have been in the series for sure. I, there was a, a large group of paintings that tiles are actually HIV molecules. And in those paintings, uh, pool cleaners feature prominently. Uh, trying to clean the water kind of thing. There's oh, no way. All kinds of, I'm usually bringing in different kind of metaphors mm-hmm. just to 
be sure that the story is more diverse and, and more inclusive, more like a complete picture of things that are going on. Mm -hmm. It is interesting to have it be a, a pool where um, there you have people standing outside of the pool looking in, because in my mind, I think a pool is very small mm -hmm. or not very big. And I'm sure that's how the community um, LGBT feels that their community is small, even though the outside world, there's so much room and so many people looking into their area. This is the area that they live and right. how do they react to people within their pool. I just thought was really great. I didn't realize that the pool had such a significant meaning behind your work. It's huge, yeah. And uh, the thing about the this series is very subtle. The metaphor is very subtle, and the sort of meaning is very subtle. The next series is more like hit you over the head kind of thing. Yeah, it is. It's interesting seeing the change, you know, for sure. Do you want to talk at all about the next series, or do you want to leave it a secret? Uh, well, so the next series is about um, uh, people people ignoring horrible situations uh, based on a set of religious or just a set of beliefs in general. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's uh, called Cherry Pickers. Um, and um, the, the first one, they're on Instagram already. Although the paintings are not, not really done, I need to get back into them and get them to a better place. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's completely different. And same so kind built. of process with photographing the work ahead of time? No, live models. Okay. Live models and a lot of made up stuff. Like, uh, you can't quite see it, but uh, let's see if I can get the. Uh, let's see. And is it all oil still? Uh, it's all oils. Okay. So the in the back there, I'll send you a picture too, so you can see. Okay. That might be better. Uh, is uh, so it's a sort of a uh, it's a sort of 1950s living room that's very empty, and in this living room, in the background, is a Confederate flag. And on the TV, on a very 50s sort of uh, console TV, is uh, Matthew Shepard, uh, or will be once it's done. <laughs> and then uh, there's a sort of uh, Bauhaus pottery uh, on the mantle. And as you come forward, there's a group of people sitting around a table uh, eating cherries, you know, cherry pickers. Uh, and then there's uh, Bibles and just kind of like these tropes that are going on. And then in the second painting, there was a Brazilian trans person uh, who was murdered last year. And so they have that person in the foreground uh, in a cherry orchard as people pick, pick cherries from the trees. Mm. There's some things about those paintings that I need to sort of resolve before I continue with the, the other paintings that are planned because I just wanna make sure that the language is where I want it to be. And I think right now the visual language is not quite there. Okay. So I did post them, but that's not, not where they're gonna be when they're done. How long does it normally take you to finish a piece? 
So I, I do 12 hours a day because the paintings take like 100 to 150 hours each. They're pretty time consuming. And I, I set a goal uh, of doing 30 paintings a year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then you said you started with sculptures. Do you still do any sculptures? I want to get back into sculpture. I miss sculpture. I had so much fun in sculpture uh, and I did so many crazy things. Like I cast myself in jello. <laughs> did you? I the table and I would just sit there and wiggle and people would come up and touch it. I wanted to get moldy and fall apart. And that all is that. amazing. And then I, uh, I did uh, angels on barbecues that were wrapped in foil and I did a uh, room full of chocolate guns. I cast all these guns in chocolate and uh, it was just really fun. Sculpture's really fun for me. And I want to sort of get back to that. <laughs> I, had, I had made a, you know, sort of like Judy Chicago inspired uh, dinner chairs. And on the, in the center of the chairs was uh, my head cast in jello. <laughs> it was really, that was really weird. I'm a real weirdo, so. Well, I mean, you have to be to be an artist almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I definitely, I have plans. Actually, I, I one of my favorite things uh, in, in sculpture outside of the big installations was just relief stuff. And so I want to do some reliefs. Um, after I'm done with this series of pools, I do want to revisit it with a series of relief sculptures. That's awesome. Do you find that the energy um, of yourself changes when you're working on your um, series that you're the cherry picking series versus the energy when you're painting the men in the pool because the yeah. men in the pool seem more celebratory mm -hmm. and the cherry picker series seems more I don't know the word I'm thinking of but so they're they're similar in to a certain degree, right? Cause the, the men in the pool are like, uh, you know, like in your face, like uh, it's, you know, the visibility piece of it is important. Uh, and the others, the visibility piece of it is important as well. But I feel like uh, the energy, how I feel when I paint them is completely different. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. one's really happy and one's like, uh, mm -hmm. not so much. But then, you know, you have to sort of reel that in. You don't want to be like, um, I don't know, uh, overly emotional. I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. You don't want to look, uh, it, it loses its uh, edge. So it's like um, things, things for me, there's a fine line between, uh, uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but I guess it's like a, so like uh, in terms of how I paint, let's say, um, I don't paint hyper-realistic, like if you get up on them, because I feel like hyper-realism, then uh, when something's hyper-realistic, uh, the technical aspect of it uh, sort of gets rid of the content aspect of it. And so I feel like going back to the other thing I was saying, is like if, when you're, when you're, when your emotions are just too, I don't want to say childish, but when they're too raw, I think that takes away, takes away from the content as well. Does that make any sense? That was a yeah. weird, weird 
I'm just sort of talking and not making sense. <laughs> Don't cut that out, right? Post. Fix it in post. So, um, do you? I see that you have some tattoos. Did you design your own tattoos? Did you do art, or do you oh, have? Well, other I did. I did. Uh, I was a producer with Sony mm -hmm. for years. That's how I made. Uh, that's how I lived. And then uh, I think once the kids got out of the house and stuff like that, I was like, that's it. I'm, I have my degree, so it's back to art kind of thing. Uh, and so then after I left Sony, uh, I was doing commercials and kind of documentaries for uh, the electronics end of things. Uh, I was a DP. I worked on indie films kind of stuff. And so this tattoo is from the films. And then this, this side is just uh, Icarus and his father. Just cause okay. Icarus. Do you have a special artist you normally go to for it, or? I did when I was living in San Diego. I have okay. my hair. So eventually I want to take the film strip and I want to turn it into paintings. Oh, that'd be cool. Because uh, it's kind of like what really happened, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really neat. And then, um, do you have a, an idea of when you want your book to be done? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I have enough poems. Uh, now it's just a question of selling enough paintings to sort of uh, get the seed money to make the book. Mm -hmm. as, as soon as I get the money, then I'll make the book. I think it's ready. Yeah, because my idea in my head right now is it's like a, a really, would be a really cool, like, uh, tabletop Probably. kind of book. Or yeah, tabletop. Dining room table or uh, something like that. Big book, yeah. Coffee table, thank you. Coffee yeah. table book. There, we could go through all the different tables in the house. <laughs> Dining room table. <laughs> table. <laughs> a desk table. But yeah, like it I think it'd be really neat to have like you have that hard cover and it's it's there so people can kind of thumb through and look look at all the pieces. Yeah. And I, I have like I think I want to keep it to like twenty poems. Uh and then I have a a, a really great author friend that's up in Seattle that wrote some stuff. So it's, um, um, it'll be a balance between on the, the writing and the paintings. All right, do you do any writing yourself? I suck at writing. I, me too, I hate writing. If someone's like, write this, I'm like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, like I have done it, obviously I did my thesis for school, but uh, I really hate it. Yeah, uh, I don't know why MF, well, I know why. I know why MFA programs force you to write a thesis, but it also is so hard. When you're an artist and you're, you're so attached to visual language and then to have to write it with the words. Yeah, there's someone I follow on Instagram who I follow just because his writing is simply amazing. It's stunning and it's uh matthew carrie williams and uh i just i admire people who who can write but i just it's not me it's not me at all yeah. well did you, since katie has a heart out <laughs> is there anything <laughs> you want to like, uh wrap up or like kind of end on like a kind of a thought for the listeners. Um, you know, let me just check something. I want to 
Um, gosh, I don't know, guys. Um, <laughs> vote. <laughs> <Get up>. Vote. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know. I don't know. And, um, I think a lot of artists would have a hard time, including myself, like leaving their day job to then pursue art full time. Do you have any advice on on that? Just yeah. the dive or it's uh, I can say it's it's completely as tough as you think it's going to be. Uh, but I think that. Um, the important thing is to just keep on it and stay with it and somehow make things work. And if you, if you give the work that much attention, I feel like the universe will reward you and it will, it will happen, but it doesn't happen, you know, for the most part overnight, it happens in steps. It's just little steps. Um, but um, I know for myself, I felt like, I mean, obviously I paint a lot, right? But I, I feel like it's, it's what I'm meant to do. So I have this sort of stupid blind faith of just doing it, right? And then figuring out everything else afterwards. I think because also because I didn't do art for so many years because the kids and all that stuff, uh, that it was pent up. Mm -hmm. and, um, but I would, I would say the, the advice is to just do it. Just go for it, figure it out. But because honestly, that's the most important thing you can do, right? Uh, give us where people can find you, uh, your website, your social media handle again. Yeah, so uh, the work is uh, mainly on Instagram at uh, D underscore gesture underscore art and also D underscore gesture underscore collaborations. Um, and I do have a website, although it's uh, not really great at updating it. It's uh, davidmgesture.com. If someone's interested in purchasing one of your work, is Instagram the best way to reach out to you? Instagram's the best way for sure, yeah. Okay, great. Thank you, know, you so, so much. It was so fun seeing you and talking to you. And it was really it nice seeing your brother. Yeah, it was nice seeing you too. I haven't, you know, because of COVID been out to to see yeah. art people. So it's really nice to reconnect with you and see what you're doing. And Yeah, I sent you a message saying if you're ever in Palm Springs, stop by. It'd be fun to see you. Oh, perfect. I would love to see your studio too. Yeah, yeah it'd be fun. Well, great. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. I hope you're doing something fun. Um, <laughs> you're probably painting because that's your fun. But it was really nice talking to you. Thank you so much for your yeah, time. Well, thank, you. thank you so much. Yeah, it was fun. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>